And welcome back to Across the County. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. Well, we've been talking about COVID-19, the coronavirus, over the last several weeks because, well, it's in the news and we want to make sure you get the best information possible, that you're informed, and that you also don't go stir-crazy. And we try not to be like the mainstream media and bring you the same statistics over and over until you want to beat yourself with insanity. And we're not going to do that. But speaking of insanity, I have another kind of insanity Maybe you remember the term spoonanity. Well, if you don't, it's, it, it's, it's your loss and you're going to remember quite quickly. Uh, I used to produce for a tremendous individual and he had a show here at the Salem Radio Networks and I decided to pack up his troubles and uh, take them uh, to another state that has to deal with them now. But he uh, still is in the radio world and hosts the 2 to 3 p.m. show Monday through Friday. That's Texas time. The one, the only David Spoon, who I'm looking at the number here, over 2,400 hours of podcasting and radio networking. And gosh, he's still on the air. David, how'd you do that, man? Well, I'm a firm believer in equal opportunity noise pollution, so <laughs> I just figured out that was a, probably a good way to do it, and uh, it's funny you should mention that it came out to Texas to leave the troubles from San Diego and to get into trouble in Texas. We moved out here. We had two grandchildren as of wow. Monday. Congrats. I have six grandchildren, so kind of grew on me. So you definitely have a lasso now to keep those grandchildren in line. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's it. That's like, I'm going to get them all a pony when they turn 30, just like I got my son a pony. They were still waiting, and I tell them it's coming. Where's my pony, Dave? Come on. That's not going to I used to produce for you. I got to get something. And if you want to find that Dave on social media, this is something that I love that he's on Twitter. I've given him the suggestion because he used to do it here at the Salem Radio Networks, and you can find him at Spoon Experience because that's just handle. So, Dave, as far as, you know, COVID-19, I want to go on a different aspect today. And I came to you because I know that you're uh, somebody that always remains top center. And and that's the aspect I wanted because people are trying to politicize this. I'm tired of hearing the stats and I want people to have a sense of hope. So what is the spiritual aspect of what's going on with the coronavirus and what should people have as a mindset as they go through this on a daily basis? That's an excellent question. So here, what you have is you have people on the left and on the right, and they're fighting each other on a pretty regular basis. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not defending or offending unequally in any capacity. The reality check is that in, in the Bible, when you get into Joshua, who was the commander of the children of Israel, mm-hmm. he had an, a moment where he had an encounter with an angel And now this is the guy that's leading Israel, the chosen people of God. And so Joshua says to him, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And the angel said, I'm not for you or your enemies. I'm for the kingdom of God. And so the mindset that we have to pick a left or a right versus first being top center puts people in kind of an awkward position. And it it puts you in a position where you have to be divisive in some capacity. Here's what I'm going to say to you. The kingdom of God is is something that we're supposed to seek first. And while these things have been going on, while the virus has been taking place, people have been either locked in their homes or locked away and kind of separated from a social aspect. Mm -hmm. But that does not diminish the opportunity for a person to pursue God. 
And in fact, what the history really teaches us is the first major persecution of the church, which took place you know, between 65 and 73 AD, actually moved the church out into the world, so it actually spread the gospel. So while people might look at it and go, oh, it's the worst thing ever because i got to stay at home, it's not the worst thing ever if you are, have an opportunity to spend more diligent, quality time with God. That's not a negative. That's a positive. I was just going to say that. If anything, it makes it where, okay, hey, I'm not, you know, unfortunately going to the office every day. Maybe your hours have been cut back or maybe you're not going at all. And one of the things you could do, you know, some of us diving into Netflix and, you know, watching movies over and over again, paycheck for the 87th time or, you know, whatever. Uh but you have the additional opportunity to seek out the Lord in prayer, in the Word of God, and this is something that we may never see again or for quite some time, so we should take this opportunity while it's there in front of us. That's exactly correct. Here's, here's what people are, are uh, hearing from me, and this is not to offend anybody unequally. Okay, so there's two things. Everybody will be offended. One, everybody <laughs> can be offended. One, if you don't have time to clean your house now— you're in big trouble, okay? You, you, you need therapy. <laughs> therapy. The second thing is, it's just no excuse not to spend time in prayer, not to spend time getting engaged in the Word, not to spend time in, in some kind of spiritual encouragement. There's just no excuse for it, because after you've watched that Netflix show the 15th time, exactly. or after you've watched Big Bang Theory the 900th time, you can probably squeeze out 10 or 15 minutes of that radical schedule and spend it with the Lord. I mean, it's not like unheard of and unthought of that somebody would spend time with the Lord. This is a great opportunity to take advantage. And I think what people miss is they're, they're, they're very focused on uh, the stuff that's taking place and the restrictions. And I don't blame them. I, I think that there's a, a, a wisdom to examining and looking at but it doesn't detract from us taking that 15, 20, 30 minutes a day and spending it in real, sincere, honest communion with God. There's just nothing that stops that from happening. And Noah here on Across the County, David Spoon is my guest. Yes, you heard me right. David Spoon used to be here at the Salem Radio Networks, now over in Texas with his show, The David Spoon Experience. You can go to hemustincrease.org or at Spoon Experience on Twitter because that's his handle and he does it better than I do. But so, Dave, what should people do to stay encouraged? Because I know they can obviously draw from the word, stay closer to God. Something I've been trying to get a, a grasp on myself, and I think I'm, I'm starting to get there, is that all of this, despite that some of it can be very negative, despite the fact that, unfortunately, some are getting infected, some lives are even being lost, this is all in God's ultimate plan. Yeah, I think what happens is people just do this theology where they say, everything good, God, everything bad, the devil, mm. that's my theology. Well, that sounds great, but somebody should try reading somewhere between Genesis 1-1 and Revelation 22-21, <laughs> uh, and then they'd find out that theology is really poor. God takes circumstances and maneuvers or works through them or threads through them blessings that people can never anticipate that would come from them. Mm. And that's one of the big things that we talk about on the show, is a Christian, 
or a, a Bible-believing person has a DNA. Everybody's got DNA, right? You, you have DNA. I have DNA. My dog Levi has DNA. Everybody's got DNA. Well, for the Christian, DNA stands for number one, D, draw closer to the Lord. Number two, N, never be ashamed. And A stands for always be ready. So you draw closer to the Lord, you never be ashamed, you always be ready, because you don't know if a tweet that you might send, or an email, or a phone call, or some kind of contact on Facebook might turn out to be the very blessing that somebody needs at that moment to lift them up. Mm. So you always want to be prepared for that. You want to spend every day thinking in those terms, hey, Lord, here I am. If you want to use me, I want to be available. But you have to be ready, and you can't just be kind of, you know, asleep at the TV is the mentality. Yeah, well, you know, and it's funny because everybody, uh, no matter how sensitive or unsensitive they are, we all like hearing positive words. We don't like being dragged down into negative Nancyville. We don't like being uh, criticized. And I think some of that is happening a little more often now because people are going stir crazy. And I have caught myself in a couple of occasions. Try and give yourself a mental check and try and pray about it. Give the Lord to give you strength. Because if you're speaking positive words of encouragement to somebody or loving words to somebody, that might just get them through their day, especially with everything that's going on with the coronavirus, just a little bit easier. That's excellent. Excellent advice for your audience. And let me just say this, this is, you know, kind of an important element, but what people do is they get into a routine like people are getting into right now Mm. and they don't make any changes. And then after a little while, a rut sets in and they just kind of start to get stale. So, you know what I did? (laughs) This will tell you how uh, bizarre you got to get sometimes. Did you watch paycheck for the, uh, for the set for the second time and return it right away? (laughs) No, that's impossible. That could never happen. (laughs) Uh, here's what I would tell you. I shaved my beard. I was growing a little bit of a of a, a beard because I'm in a PhD program and, and, and working on my the ends of my. You wanted PhD. to look intellectual. Yeah, so I wanted to look intellectual. I think my glasses made me look dumb, so there's not much I can do about that. <laughs> and then I shaved my head, and I shaved all my stuff. And what I did was I put on some different clothes. And what I did was on purpose. I actually changed my normal routine to give a freshness to my day. Mm. And so if you if you just do a few things every day a little different, you will find out that there's an easy way to add freshness into the staleness of everything that's going on. And that, uh, if anything, and that's something that actually I'm glad you brought that up because I've tried to do that too. If you want to do something that's out of the ordinary, because okay, I'm tired of being stuck at home, or I'm lucky enough to be able to go to the you know go to the office. I'm going to work. I'm coming home. I'm going to work. I'm coming home. I can't go anywhere else. Change it up a little bit. It, it's the simple changes you can make, and you're going to find them so effective. Exactly. That's exactly right. Great advice for your audience. Well, right uh, before we, uh, well, we're not, we're not wrapping up, but one thing I definitely want to get to on our talk, Dave, because we talked about it off the air, and I know how important it is. I've always believed this uh, in our daily walk with the Lord, and especially when we're going through extra special circumstances. Tell us how the full armor of God can be such an important part of getting through this time together. Well, it's funny because when we wake up in the morning, most people uh, at some point after they brush their teeth, they'll shower, they'll put on their, you know, their shirt and their pants and their socks and their shoes, and they'll get ready to go out and face the day. But they don't think much of that in spiritual terms. Mm. 
And so there's a few different items that are talked about in regards to what the armor is or what the suit is that we should wear in the kingdom of God. And I just want to mention a couple of them. I don't have to go into all of them. But one of them is, it's called the belt of truth. And the belt of truth is kind of like, kind of centers all the other clothing. And the belt of truth has to do, of course, with biblical truth, but it also has to do with being real. If you're struggling... It's okay to be honest about that. You don't have to be fake about it. You don't have to always be like, just like Noah said, a negative Nancy uh, or a Debbie Downer. But you can, you can also, you can be real and be authentic. Being authentic is very helpful. It's very uh, uh, appropriate because you are who you are in that sense. You can't alter it with fakeness. But being honest about it, being earnest about it, is a way to start everything off. And the Lord really appreciates it when we're authentic with ourselves, doesn't he? Yeah, well, because everybody tries to change who they are because they don't like the way God made them. (laughs) Which is like, wow, that's not like an insult, is it? Uh, You know, it's like a person who has a child and then the child goes, I'm changing my last name because I don't want to have anything connected to you. Uh, It's, you know, it's a little strange. The other thing is that uh, that typically, well, in in society, in places like Texas where it's windy and it can actually get cold, or even places like the East, they'll wear something we'd call a hat. Now, I know there's not a lot of hat wearing in California except for fashion, but one of the things that Scripture talks about is the helmet of salvation, kind of like the hat. And you put that on your head, and what that has to do with is keeping on your head, in your mind, that there is eternity in play. And we get so focused on the right now, Mm -hmm. right this second, that we quickly forget that in 50 years, none of it will matter. Well, it's funny because, you know, even if, and I'm one to do this, I always have been, at times I call myself the living Hamlet, but I'll overthink things even in the future. But instead of thinking in the eternal aspect, I'm like, okay, well, you know, in in one month from now, if this happens, or, you know, at the end of the year when this happens, well, take it a step further. Instead of really trying to plan out your, you know, in, entire uh, agenda for the next six months, look at things, especially with things not being status quo right now, and we're all trying to get a a grip on reality, on this new reality, and think about things in the eternal perspective. I think that would really take us all down to a place of being a lot more humble. Yeah, and there's a a great saying in, uh, in theological circles, and that is, that frustration and discouragement loses its power mm. in the face of eternity. And it's just like, okay, that's really good stuff. I don't know who came up with that, but they should get a pat on the back. Hold on, I'm, I'm breaking my arm right now. There you go. Uh, so the bottom line is, if you think of it in those terms, it's easier to get through the moment to get on to the next element. And you know what? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. No, no idea. Tomorrow, it could be like, it could be worse, it could be better, it could be up, it could be down. Here's the one thing we can know. We can know him who's bringing tomorrow, and that would be a good way to start it off. And, you know, and, and people always say, live your life to the fullest, live your life, you know, as if, it, if it's your last day. I mean, I always kind of look at it a little bit differently, even though that is some good advice. Live your life like the Lord's coming back tomorrow. That's correct. And then live your life like he's not coming back for 100 years. And exactly. live it both it's true. It's That's very, the way to do it. That's it. That's it right there. You are a wise person, not only because you have your own radio show, but you had me on as a guest. That's pretty good. You know, it might be the smartest decision I've ever made or the dumbest. I'm not really quite <laughs> sure. 
I, I guess I didn't really have a choice. I mean, I was your producer for five years, which is a significant yeah. amount of my radio career. So there's some sickness going on here. Yeah, you have a, you have an illness, but we won't talk about it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> to find out more about my illness, go to hemusincrease.org. Uh, anyway, no, there you're going to find out more about David Spoon and the David Spoon experience, which does continue over in Texas. And uh, David, tell us a little bit about maybe some personal struggles, because everybody has had them with what's going on with the coronavirus. Maybe the most challenging thing for you that you've experienced in the last month, month and a half. Uh, it's, it's super easy. I have two elements that the coronavirus has restricted me to. I have one grandchild who was in the hospital for 114 days. Mm. Uh, His name is Easton Scott. He is home, and since he's been home, he's been doing great, doing a lot better, but I can't go see him because they're in Tennessee. And then just on Monday, I had my sixth grandchild, and he was born, and I've only seen him through duo. I can't see him physically in any capacity, I can't hold him. So the restriction from a family point of view is that's the single hardest thing. Um, Because my wife and I are best buddies, best friends, and she's the love of my life, it's easy for us to get along. We don't have, I think, the same struggle that a lot of people have. But the hardest part is that next level of family that I can't touch. Mm. And so that's, that's frustrating and, you know, it has its moments. But how I, how I look at that is I believe that God will make up will help me make up for the quality of time that I do get to spend with them while I'm being restricted right now. Yeah. I choose to look at that through the through the glasses of hope and through the glasses of faith. Well, and you know, and, and negativity is not going to make it any easier. So you do have to, you know, do just that. You know, I have a very similar experience. And it was a weird Easter because it didn't even feel like Easter. Uh, you know, cooked the traditional ham and, and mashed potatoes. Um, wasn't able to spend it. I normally spend it with my grandmother. She comes in the town. She wasn't able to do that. Didn't want to take any chances. Um, my my parents were in town. We all ate separately, and it was just me and my one son, my other son had to work. Uh, thank God he's considered essential services. But we literally drove up the coast, never got out of the car, came home. He did his own thing, and I ate Easter dinner by myself. It was just bizarre. That's, that would be challenging. I mean, there's no question about it. And I don't want people to get the wrong idea when they're hearing me, because you and I, we have a, a, a great relationship. Mm. It's not that there's not negative things that happen, but because I don't have a sound effect that goes along with my Debbie sounder, <laughs> I just choose not to listen to it every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and again, it's just, you know, we're all going to have the negative times. I mean, it, we're human. It's going to happen. But you really need to take those moments and go, you know what? Okay, this stinks. This sucks. Let's just do what we can. Let's be as positive about it as we can. And as most of this conversation has been about, you know, turn to the Lord. He's going to get us through it. Yeah. I mean, just to give you a quick uh, quick example, I have a paper that I had to write for a PhD. It's on uh, translation theory. And uh, let me just explain to you that most people would look at this and go, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it's like, here is my answer to this paper. One paragraph at a time. That was the only solution I can come up with. But you know what? At some point when it was all done, okay, got through it, done. And so yep. you just, if you have to sludge through, you have to sludge through. It's the old, old uh, wise proverb that we've said to each other a hundred times. And that is, if you have to eat an elephant, how do you do it? 
Uh, one bite at a time. Exactly. <laughs> Noah here on Across the County. Dave, I'm going to get... I, I love... This isn't a conspiracy theory, but I love just seeing where things go. It talks about in the Bible. It talks about, you know, obviously in the end times, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all this kind of stuff and plagues. Speaking of plagues, and I, I heard somebody... Actually, I mean, this is a virus, but I heard somebody on the mainstream media, and I forget who actually call this a plague and it got me to sit back and it got me to think could this be something that's just another signal of hey you know what we could be very well living in the end times right now well one thing we're certain of is that we are closer to the end today than we were yesterday that's right so there's not there's not a lot of issue there the second part is some people see this as a forerunner to that which has become which it may be i mean there's not there's not any argument that this shows you in liquid time, how fast things can change. Oh. I mean, keep in, keep in mind, two months ago, we're not having this conversation. We're not thinking this. Not at all. In any capacity. And two months later, the world has changed. Well, it's funny because, you know, I, I remember initially when you started hearing about the coronavirus in China and you started hearing about the cruise ships, pretty much there was cruise ships on the East Coast and cruise ships on the West Coast. And I'm like, OK, they don't let them off the boat. Things are fine. Not going to worry about it. Most likely nothing's going to happen. And then you start hearing reports of, well, they let people off the boat. And then I'm like, oh, boy. And yeah. and, and then after that, it, I mean, it just snowballed from there. And then again, we're having this conversation, you know, almost two months later. And I, I can't even re- remember when normal was actually uh, more welcome. Like this is just it's a it's a lifestyle that I think is affecting everybody. And the fact that we're here is just odd. Yeah, it's a different. It's definitely a, a, a adaptation process. I think it's unique that, as we talk about it, two months from now we'll be reevaluating this last two months, and then six months from now we'll really be looking back, and then a year from now we'll be looking back and probably having a completely different perspective. And it always changes as you move forward and as you make progress and as things uh, develop the perspective backwards gets a little more refined and a little more defined. Mm. And we'll just see what this turns out to be. I mean, the bottom line is, and we, we tell this to our audience, and we're not shy about it, so our show is a, is a Christian talk show. And the bottom line in, on our show is, if this brings about the return of Jesus Christ sooner, and you're a real Bible believer, you should be going, okie dokie. Yep, that's right. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, if it's really about his glory, and I'm not, I won't lie, I do struggle with this at times. I'm like, well, I want to see my kids get married, and I want to see this and that. And wait, Lord, hold off. You know, we we got to have all these other events. And like, no, that's that that's not thinking about his glory. It's thinking about mine. And you kind of have to take a step back. That's right. That's a hundred percent correct. You are a wise and knowledgeable man. Again, I uh, I plead the fifth and hanging around the uh, the benevolent David Spoon for five <laughs> years on his uh, radio stick, sick, I mean radio show. Yeah. <laughs> radio sitcom. <laughs> well, it is that at times. I, I, I'm not going to lie about that. Yeah, it's a classic. <laughs> no question, so. Well, Dave, I appreciate your your perspective. And again, like you said, I mean, this is going to be in a couple of months. You know, everybody's going to reevaluate six months after that. Hopefully, I would like to have some type of normalcy back. But this is much like a 9-11. I don't think at the end of the day, no matter what, it's ever going to go back to the way it 
was. Like there's there's going to be some precautions and some mindsets that just aren't going to change. Yeah, and I think that's right. And I and I'm not sure that that's the worst thing that people are just a lot more up and on guard than they've been in the past. And I, I think that part's probably a pretty positive thing. What will be fascinating is two months from now, uh, if you and I get the chance to talk, and then we evaluate about this two months. That would be fascinating. Yeah, the, the, the one thing I can say about what's happened thus far that I really haven't liked, and I think the media has played a, a part in it, obviously not media like mine and yours, but the mainstream media and certain politicians, is is it serious? Yes. Have they created a sense of um, hysteria because of making things overblown and not trying to spin things in a positive or neutral light? Yes, and I would like that to go away, hopefully by the next time we chat, because that doesn't help anybody. No, you have the, you have the, the liberal media talking uh, all about these things about Trump and about the Republicans and about everything they're doing. Then you have the conservative media talking about the liberal media, and nobody's, <laughs> nobody's getting anything accomplished. And you're just sitting there going, wow, I think I'll watch Big Bang. <laughs> or you're doing this. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I work. I work in in uh, in radio, and you know, so I have to digest this every day. That's literally what I do at the end of every day. I mean, it drives you mad. Yep, absolutely. Well, absolutely. speaking of being driven mad, you've listened to David Spoon with uh, across the county here for the last twenty five minutes. So the, you should get an award for doing such things. <laughs> Not you, the listeners. We, you could send them a spoon, a plastic spoon. We've done that before. We've yeah, we used to give away when when Dave was over here at Salem Media plastic spoons, uh, plants. I'm not joking. Those were the kind of giveaways that were very famous with his show. Um, I, I would hate to think. What are, you, are you guys giving away kitchen sinks at your new home there in Texas? What's what's going on? Oh, no, it's a little it's a little different, so we don't get to do that. So, but I, I'm trying to work our way into going back to giving away hot chocolate. <laughs> wow. I would hate if someone won. I would hate if somebody won and they were online, like in another state. That's a that's a harsh delivery. Well, yeah, one teaspoon at a time. There you go. Just like everything else. Well, Dave, yeah, yeah listen to the David Spoon experience. One teaspoon at a time. Now, there's your tagline. There you go. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we charge you for it. Well, uh, it's, it's been a pleasure having you back on, Dave. I always love talking with you. We, we miss you here at uh, Salem Media, but you always bring a sense of top-centeredness to issues that I think are important and really help people to grasp what is actually going on. So, you know, we'd like to have your voice back on maybe in a couple of months and see where we're at as, as a nation and as a community. It would be my privilege to do it. Again, you want to check out more about David Spoon, and I suggest you – I can't believe I'm saying this. I suggest you do so. Go to – no, in all seriousness, do so. He, he's a very wise man. He is a, a, one of my mentors that I think has really gotten me to take certain aspects of my faith a lot more seriously. Go to either SpoonBusiness.com, HeMustIncrease.org, and – on Twitter at Spoon Experience because that's his handle, and you can catch him two to three p.m. Texas time, uh, live Monday through Friday. And I hope that you check out the David Spoon Experience because the madness continues. <laughs> Many blessings to you and to your audience. To you as well, Dave. It's Noah here on Across the County. There's more coming up. Stay tuned. <laughs> 